Well, hi, this is Dr. Ed Taubman with Only My Wellness, and I'm very pleased today to have Lynn Caudill Boyton, who is a partner in the law firm of Etheridge, Quinn, Kemp, McAuliffe, Rowan, and Hartinger. It's quite a mouthful there. <laughs> so <laughs> welcome, uh, Lynn, and I appreciate you uh, being on our podcast today. Uh, you're going to be speaking about uh, medical power of attorneys which I must confess, even though I've been a physician for all these years, I myself really am interested in hearing what you have to say. So for starters, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, and why you're uh, offering these medical power of attorneys. Certainly. Thanks. Um, I am almost a native of Maryland, having lived here since I was 12, gone to uh, Magruder High School, University of Maryland, and then Baltimore for law school, and have been practicing since 1982. Uh, I have always focused on both estate planning and probate of estates, as well as real estate. And the two practices require an attention to detail and uh, complement each other well, because you often have to retitle real estate in your estate planning. Uh, the reason I'm offering the medical powers of attorney is because I hope to save people from having to go through a guardianship proceeding if a loved one becomes ill and cannot consent to medical treatment for themselves. Um, as you know, with HIPAA, doctors aren't free to share information with anyone unless there's written permission by the patient. Yeah, that's very absolutely true nowadays. So if you have uh, a medical power of attorney in place, that means your family member can call your doctor for you, they can consent if you're under anesthesia. Uh, you know, really anyone over 18 ought to have one. Um, I had a situation where a gentleman came to see me because his 19-year-old daughter was in a car accident, and he could not advocate for her with the insurance company because he did not have power of attorney, which most people wouldn't at that age, um, but really they should. Uh, he had to go through a guardianship proceeding, which in Montgomery County takes nine to 12 months and costs between six and $10,000. Oh my goodness. All of which can be avoided if you have this simple standard form, which is why I'm happy to provide them free of charge because I just... It, it's so painful to see people have to go through that when it's already a difficult time. So can you explain to us um, what's the difference between a medical power of attorney uh, and a will? I know a number of people have wills and they may be confused as I am. What's the difference? Well, a, a power of attorney, whether it's medical or financial, which is also a good item to have because if you're not capable of making medical decisions, you probably aren't capable of taking care of your bills, your insurance, your taxes. So it's right to have that as well. But all powers of attorney die when you die. So after someone passes, that is when the will takes effect. So people should have a will, however simple, indicating who they want to administer the will which means go through the process with the County of Residence Register of Wills office and do what the person said they wanted done in the will. You know, typically, you know, husband and wife are going to leave to each other and then they leave to their children in equal shares. 
they may or may not want to have a trust within the will, or if they have property in multiple states, they may want to have a revocable living trust so they don't have to have probate in multiple states. Um, but both a power of attorney and a will can be revoked at any time, and always the newest one governs if there happen to be two out there because every power of attorney revokes the previous, as does every will. Okay, well that actually makes sense. So a will takes place, uh, and people should have a will, but that takes place after they've passed on. Yeah, but that's a, when it is in effect, correct. But, but a medical power of attorney is to take effect when you're alive but are incapable for whatever reason of making decisions about your medical care, and you want your preferences uh, to be followed. Correct. And even if you're capable, but you want someone else to be able to share in your information for, you know, when my father was older, they, my parents wanted me to attend appointments and wanted me to be able to communicate with the doctors so that we all remembered everything, you know, and helped reinforce what the agreed upon plan was. And so my father was competent, but he just wanted me to be free to converse with the doctors and uh, help with his care plan. Which makes perfect sense. Uh, yeah, I wish more people would do this. Now, um, you know, nowadays everybody thinks they can go on the internet and download a form and, and do this on their own. And I, and I guess one uh, can, in, at least in Maryland, do a medical power of attorney on their own. Um, is that true? And why would they want to seek uh, somebody with more expertise like yourself? Well, um, they can, as you know, anyone can go online and find different forms. Um, but as you know, doctors may be reluctant to rely on a power of attorney that isn't prepared by an attorney because they don't know how it was administered. Was this signed in the presence of people that had no interest in this person's property, you know, disinterested witnesses and a notary are critical to the validity of the power of attorney. And um, very often when people try to do all this on their own, they don't do that quite so well. Um, my powers of attorney have actually been before the, um, I guess it's called the ethics board over at the hospital when I had a client have a stroke and he was much younger than anyone ever would have thought. And as a result of both the medical power of attorney and the financial power of attorney, because he couldn't speak, his wife was able to retire him from his employment and get retirement benefits, which were far better than death benefits. And he did die just a few days later. So had she and he not had these documents in place, she wouldn't have been able to do that. Mm. So there really there there is a synergy among all these different uh, documents and powers of attorney that, um, as we might expect, somebody with experience in education such as yourself uh, can provide. Is there is there a difference in jurisdiction to jurisdiction uh, with this? Is Montgomery County different than Prince George's or Northern Virginia versus um, Maryland? There are differences by state. Uh, but there are not differences by county within the state. Um, we tried to have enough witnesses that this 
our wills and our powers of attorney will be respected in other jurisdictions. And so far, it has worked that way. There may be states that have uniform documents. Um, they've, I think maybe 20 of the 50 states have adopted the uniform probate code. So they'll have some standardized forms, which you might as well use. Maryland it, has not adopted it. We have come up with, or I should say the legislature has come up with two uh, financial powers of attorney that are statutory that banks have to accept. And if they don't accept them, then the bank is liable to the customer for any expense they've incurred trying to cause the bank to honor the power of attorney. Um, the legislature came up with these powers of attorney for two reasons. One, to be sure there was adequate disclosure to the person giving the power to someone, just how much power they're giving, so they don't allow themselves to be taken advantage of. And secondly, so that banks can't say, well, you have to sign our power of attorney, because if someone's no longer competent, that's not an option. So we wanted to have something that was uh, able to withstand any questions and banks can safely rely on it because there is a standard. And hopefully in time we'll have other standard documents as well or adopt the Uniform Probate Code. Sure. Yet we haven't. Well, thank you for explaining that. And can you explain to our listeners uh, what we've talked about uh, may differ from estate planning? What, what does that term estate planning mean? Estate planning means you are putting yourself in the shoes of your survivors had you passed away. How will they find all your assets, liabilities, and take care of final details, and then disperse your assets as you wish? Sometimes you have three children, two of whom are perfectly responsible, and one is not, so perhaps that person's share needs to be put in a trust, and you have to name a trustee. You know, and you have, generally you have backups, just as you do in the powers of attorney. If you name an agent, it's nice to name a backup agent in case that person's not able. The same is true with the personal representative, who's the person who administers a will. You know, generally you might name your spouse if you're married, and then you'll name additional people, whether they're family members or friends, but people who are capable of doing that. By doing that, you've got everything in order, so you leave less for family members to disagree over or, God forbid, fight over, and you aren't um, letting the state decide how your assets are divided because there is a statute in the state of Maryland and I'm sure every state for people who do not have wills in place, and it states the um, distribution of real property and everything so that uh, whether there's a spouse with adult children, a spouse with minor children, no spouse, you know, and it, it goes all the way down to the point where it ends up going to the Board of Education if all the people in the hierarchy are no longer there. Sure. Well, okay, well, that is definitely very complicated, and I appreciate that you are, are taking the time to explain that. So um, you can uh, provide estate planning, um, and I, I clearly there's a lot of time and effort involved, and you have been gracious enough to provide a free medical power of attorney to our patients who are also members of Only My Wellness. Yes. And uh, thank you very much. I, I know a number of our patients have uh, 
taken advantage of that and are, and are very appreciative. Any other th uh, thoughts that you would like to share with us uh, today, Lynn? Uh, simply that it's important that everyone have these documents if you're over 18. Uh, there is a, a place on the MBA website where you can also register in case of emergency contacts. So if you do that and you're in an accident, one of the first things people will look to is your driver's license. And when a police officer punches in your uh, driver's license number, they'll be able to see immediately who and at what numbers should be contacted in the event you're hurt. So I think that's something people ought to do. We also provide a medical authorization form that should be left with caretakers of minor children if parents go out of town. We try to come up with everything in hopes of uh, taking care of business in the event the people who have chosen to have this work done never get around to it again. Um, you know, there's a Social Security power of attorney, there's an IRS power of attorney, there's a number of different forms that if you have them there, and you may never use them, but if you need them, they're worth their weight in gold. Oh, well, those are great thoughts. Well. I'm embarrassed to say, and I must confess, that uh, I myself do not have a medical power of attorney, um, but uh, if it's okay, I would like to set up an appointment for myself and my wife, Nancy, uh, with you, because you've convinced me that it's, uh, it's something that's long overdue. Well, thank you for joining us and sharing these uh, thoughts. And again, uh, this is Dr. Ed Taupman uh, podcasting for our uh, program only my wellness. If you have any questions, you could reach me at via email at cancergenedoc at onlymedical.com. And uh, c coming up, we have some podcasts that I am really looking forward to. Uh, Life After Cancer by Dr. Ken Miller, who was the director of the uh, cancer uh, survivorship programs, which he set up at uh, Yale and in. Uh, Dana-Farber at uh, Harvard. Uh, also interview uh, that I'm looking forward to with Bill McGuire, who's a respected ovarian cancer specialist and a great guy and has attended to many of our patients with ovarian cancer. And we'd like to check with him and see what's new in that field. And I'm also very excited uh, that Rick Weisinger, a uh, new addition to our Only My Wellness affiliate program, who is a nutritionist and has written a number of books on nutrition and he'll be talking about tips on weight loss and also his thoughts about how nutrition can modify disease, diseases and possibly its role in modifying cancer. To listen to our other podcasts and to find out more about Lynn as well as our other affiliates and Lynn's contact information, go to our website www.onlymywellness.com www.olnymywellness.com. Look forward to seeing you next time. Take care.